Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, welcome everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where, as one Skywalker would put it, may the Lonnie Walker IV be with you. And boy, was he with the Lakers last night. Game four, Lonnie four, Lakers up 3-1 on the Golden State Warriors, one away from four, one win away from the Western Conference Finals. I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez, and I'm joined by my co-host, Alan Riley. Alan, every time we hop on this podcast, it's like deja vu in terms of the high-stakes, butt-clenched, anxiety-inducing games we have to cover. But at the end of the day, we've come away with a win each time, whether it's the Minnesota play-in game that we were both at or the uh, game four against Memphis Grizzlies where LeBron James had 20-20 and went in overtime. And now this game, the Lonnie Walker game, Alan. Um, how you feeling? I feel freaking good, dude. What a boost. Um, got to work this morning. Shout outs to our security guard, George. George and I have become friends because of the Lakers. Uh, so dapped him up this morning and we were just hyped talking about Lonnie Walker. So, um, this is what the Lakers do, dude. They like bring unexpected friends into your life. So now I walk into the wa- the office a few minutes late every day because I'm I'm chopping it up with George, the security guy. Nice. Shout out, George, the security guy. Hey, Alan, kind of same question that I asked you after the Minnesota playing game and the Memphis game four game. Did you think we were going to win? <laughs> because there was a point there in the third quarter and maybe even the start of the fourth quarter where... I don't know. It just seems like the Golden State Warriors had figured something out. They started the game off with Gary Payton II, who really helped them in transition, really helped them in the cutting and the motion offense with Steph Curry playing countless pick and roll. So, yeah, I think there were multiple times in the third quarter where the Lakers were down seven points or 10 points, and then they'd come back, and then the Golden State Warriors would again be up by 10. And... It wasn't until the Lonnie Walker show in the fourth quarter, who, you know, Lonnie Walker did not score up until that point. He had all 15 of his points in the fourth quarter. But if it wasn't for that, I don't know, I was kind of teetering back and forth and it didn't look good. I felt like maybe the Warriors had found something and the Lakers couldn't adjust and they couldn't adjust because Allen, there was like, I don't know, six straight waltzes to the the layup line it was it felt like a layup line out there you know so was there a moment where you were like oh man this is going to be two and two and we're going to have to go into chase center um fighting for our lives 
Okay, so I had kind of a strange experience watching the game yesterday without getting too much into the details, but I was watching live, then I had to do something, and then I couldn't watch live anymore, so I got delayed by like an hour, and um, I, I stupidly glanced at my phone. Oh, no. But it, it wasn't like, the person didn't say anything, right? But they sent me something on Instagram. They They just sent me a thing, and I was just like, this person only does this when it's good news. <laughs> so, and it was like 9.30, right? And I was like, oh, I feel like the Lakers are going to pull this game out. And at that moment, I was in the third quarter. So, I, I tried to like delete that experience from my mind and be like, oh, maybe he's actually pissed off this time and we actually lost the game. And I tried to trick myself into it, but I had a feeling we were going to sneak it out. But there were moments of pessimism where I'm just like, not pessimism, like skepticism, where I'm like, how the hell are we going to pull this out? Maybe my friend is really upset right now, and that's why he messaged me. Um, so, yeah, I, I felt pretty, like, uh, I, I had settled my emotions and just been like, you know what, if this thing goes 2-2, yeah, like, it, it's not the best we could hope for, but certainly understandable. I think what I was more upset about was the fact that at least, you know, offensively, AD really was, he was extremely aggressive and the team was making a very conscious effort to get him involved. And I thought in some ways, very simplistically, like what a waste of a good back-to-back mm. effort on his part, like a fully like well-rounded game, you know, and it would just be such a shame if uh, we, we didn't win with uh, that coming from him. So I think yeah. that was sort of my thought. For sure. And just to clarify for everybody, when Alan, me and Tommy, whenever we have to DVR a game, we actually just shut off our phones and make sure that we don't know what's going on. So even if we watch it at what, 11 p.m. at night, 1 a.m. at night, we have no collection of what had happened prior. So that's what Alan's talking about. When he tries to put his phone on airplane mode, he tries not to check Instagram. We start the game when we start the game and try and drown out all the noise. So Alan, it seems like you had some hints, but you you definitely, even if you had the hint that we were going to pull it off, you had no idea how. And the Lonnie Walker the fourth way. That's not what my guess would have been, that's for sure. No, so that was a huge surprise. So before we get any more into this game, why don't you throw out a highlight, a personal highlight or play of the game for you? And we're not allowed to use the AD possession against Curry at the end there because that was everybody's play of the game. His defense on Curry on those last two possessions, it sucks that they had two possessions, but you know what? Whatever. Uh, AD's wingspan outstretched, dancing and jumping around with Steph. He was shadowing Steph every step of the way. So good closing out then Draymond Green gets the rebound over Dennis Schroeder pitches it back out to Curry Allen when you saw Curry (laughs) dance around and step back for that three what was your thought man my life flashed before my eyes for sure (laughs) exactly (laughs) like the life the life of an inanimate object in my house probably flashed before its eyes because I I wouldn't have actually thrown anything but figuratively speaking that's what I would have wanted to have done you GP2 threw up all over your floor. Oh uh, just kidding. <laughs> Anyways, even with that step back shot by Steph, AD closes out cleanly, and yeah, they miss. It shades of Kevin like, Love, right? Don't Although foul, AD. 
please don't freaking foul. <laughs> oh, dude, out. actually, yes, very true. <laughs> that didn't even occur to me like last night, but just now it did. Got a little PTSD. <laughs> that could have definitely. Can you imagine if that happened? Oh, on no. Actually, no, I, I can't imagine because that's exactly what happened in the play-in game. He fouled Mike Conley for three free throws. Exactly. Shit. Wow. We we totally dodged a bullet there. We but did dodge a bullet. <laughs> we were so in the moment, actually, that right, like we we didn't have time to have a flashback. So that, that's sure. good on our part. But otherwise, perfect defense by AD had Curry in a torture chamber outside of that tremendous defensive play, which encapsulates Anthony Davis's transcendent defensive playoffs thus far. What was one play of the game for you that stood out? Yeah, so it is going to be a Lonnie Walker play, but it was just a hustle play. Um, it's when he outran that 50-50 ball. It was mm. him and Clay, right, like neck and neck. Um, and the fact that he was able to not just get control of the ball, but you know, convert the layup on his end um, very cleanly. Um, that was it for me. And <clears throat> I think that obviously Lonnie Walker, the fourth wishes that he could have played consistent minutes all year, despite all the other outside variables, but he's got super fresh legs and um, he looked, you know, much more spry than the Warriors players did. And of course he's younger. Of course he's got that like extra little bounce just naturally in him. But um that was the play for me. Um, those 50-50 balls, a lot of times they don't bounce our way. And Lonnie just made it happen. You bastard. That was one of mine. <laughs> so I'm glad that I picked two. Uh, but the reason why that play also stood out to me, and I'm sure it's why it stood out to you, was I think that play just exemplified the burst of energy that Lonnie Walker injected into our team. Because you could tell from both sides, everybody was fatigued. And we just kind of needed that infusion of freshness, right? And that play, Lonnie Walker to the races, right? Like a horse, just zooming past Clay Thompson, getting that steal and then laying it in. That was the, we needed that athleticism. You know, we were getting worn out. We've been locked in and playing so hard up until this point. And here's Lonnie Walker, who hasn't played very many minutes throughout this entire playoff series run just injecting that life and burst of energy into our team, you know? So that's why that stood out to me. Um, my second, my runner-up uh, play of the game for, for myself would be, so there's a period, there was a point in the third quarter when the Lakers were down 12 with four minutes left. Schroeder has the ball. He finds Austin Reeves on the wing, left side wing of the three-point line, and then Austin Reeves just confidently rises up and drains that three to cut it down nine. And that's one of those, to me, this is why this is my key moment of the game. It's one of those crazy what-if moments, Alan, those, the, one of those like fork-in-the-road moments where if Reeves hadn't hit that three and the Warriors had gone down the other end and scored again, then we're down by like 14 or 15, Right. And I feel like at that point, the game just totally snowballs out of control into a blowout. Instead, the Lakers kept chipping away and got the game to a manageable margin to the point where Lonnie Walker could do his magic in the fourth, right? So I feel like Austin Reeves hit a bunch of big shots last night, and that three-pointer to sort of stop the bleeding, literally stop the bleeding, was huge. Um, you bastard. Those were my backup plays. <laughs> wait, wait, are you serious? The Reeves one yeah, too? Dude. Oh they, shit! Just it was like just Reeves in general, but yeah, you know we'll we'll talk more about why that was the case. Nice, very much in sync. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so some it's interesting. Gonna be me, the fourth <laughs> <Walker>. <laughs> So some interesting game tidbits. 
Lonnie Walker joins LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Shaq, and Powell as the only Lakers since 1997 to have a 15-plus fourth quarter this postseason. What the hell? It's insane. Credit to Justin Russo on Twitter for that stat. Also, with regards to Lonnie Walker's play in general, Alan, I feel like Eric Pincus said it the best on Twitter, where he mentioned that Lonnie Walker's fourth quarter performance, hitting tough pull-up jump shot after tough pull-up jump shot, reminded him of Kareem Rush's explosion in a closeout game versus the Wolves in 2004 when Kareem Rush hit six of seven threes and scored 18 points. Do you remember that game? Hell yeah, dude. That's awesome. That's a great poll. That was Kareem Rush's podium game, his one and only podium game, right? But, I mean, so so much needed, and Lonnie Walker came through for us. Um, Lonnie Walker, so I guess we can talk about Lonnie Walker, but I just want to throw out one last Lonnie Walker stat because I think it's going to get lost in his tremendous fourth quarter performance, but Alan, Lonnie Walker hit the two biggest free throws of the night. He hit jump shot after jump shot. He had that nice pick and roll floater. But if he hadn't hit and nailed those two free throws at the end of the game to keep it a three-point game, who knows what would have happened. Speaking of the free throw line, the Lakers hit 20 of 20 from the free throw line last night. That's 100%, and we needed every single point. Alan, this season, how many other times do you think the Lakers have shot 100% from the line? I mean, I want to say zero, but I'll, I'll just say one. Okay, you are correct. It's one. Outside of tonight, the Lakers have only shot 100% from the stripe one other time through 90-plus games, and they shot 19 of 19 against Toronto in March. Tonight they shot, or sorry, last night they shot 20 of 20 and got the win because they saw the vision, 2020 vision. Also, 2020 is last time we won, you know what, so just... Oh, that's... Ooh, I like it. (laughs) Also... The last time the Lakers shot 100% from the free throw line in the playoffs? Give me a year, Alan. Any year. Uh, shoot. I'm going to say um, definitely not the Shaq and Kobe years. Um, frick. Uh, I'll say 1986. Oh, shit. <laughs> Are you serious? Okay. No, 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 no. Not that far off. I was just laughing at how far, far off that was. No, so the Lakers actually shot 100% from the line in 2010, Game 5 versus the Oklahoma City Thunder Round 1. But still, it's been 13 years since they've done that. Last interesting stat tidbit. So Anthony Davis has kept it going on the defensive end, obviously. Last night, he had zero blocks, amazingly. I think that's his first zero-block game of the playoffs. He did have three steals, though. But even in spite of that zero-block game last night... Anthony Davis has 37 total blocks this playoffs. In the 2020 bubble playoffs, in total, Anthony Davis only had 30 blocks. So just to put that into perspective, AD already has through, what, 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 10 games? Through 10 games, AD has 37 blocks. And through 21 games, AD had 30 blocks in the 2019-20 championship season. Just to put into perspective... What a tremendous blocking experience this has been. What a block party this has been for Anthony Davis thus far. Also, as you mentioned, this is 80's first time this playoffs where he's had back-to-back 20-point games. Kind of crazy, right? We finally got two good back-to-back offensive games from AD. All right, let's get into this game. Um, 
what a fun game to actually watch, right? I felt like the flow of the game was awesome, and then we got that back-and-forth duel between LeBron James, Austin Reeves, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and then Steph Curry and Lonnie Walker, right? I feel like this series has been kind of as we imagined it to be in terms of the chess match between both coaches, right? And you see the high-level, high IQ, high basketball IQ on display from the players as well. I mean, look, we got to give some props to Steph Curry because that was a Steph Curry master master class that he put on yesterday. Steph Curry single-handedly almost pulled that out of his butt for the Warriors. You know, it was endless pick and rolls with Steph Curry, endless possessions of Steph Curry just slicing and dicing our defense from the top of the key and finding these guys for open layups. Props to Steve Kerr for the adjustments he made bringing Gary Payton second into the fray. That really helped spread the Lakers out, and it helped up the Warriors' transition, motion, and cutting game. Um, Kerr putting the ball back into Curry's hands and letting him orchestrate everything in the pick and roll, where he was surgically cutting us apart, was huge. And then Gary Payton II just really helped put pressure on the rim and help the Warriors outpaint the Lakers. At the same time, credit to Darvin Ham for adjusting in the fourth and switching everything on defense. Credit Darvin Ham for sticking with Lonnie Walker to close. Uh, props to Ham for intentionally targeting Steph Curry each time on the offensive end and forcing Steph Curry to work on the defensive end. We even got some point Braun back, again, for portions of the fourth, and that seemed effective when him and Reeves brought us back to life. And then also credit Braun and AD for playing decoy on the offensive end in the fourth and allowing our guards to go to work again, namely Lonnie Walker. Um... Did anything else stand out to you from tonight's game? I also want to just point out that that Schroeder behind the back pass to AD, who was only two feet away, I was almost going to lose my shit. And if we hadn't pulled that way, I was like, Jesus Christ, Dennis Schroeder, I love you and I hate you all at once. My God. But anyways, anything else stand out to you about last night's? Dude, when when he has moments like that, just kind of like boneheaded plays, um, I, I think of you. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. Um, <laughs> nice. Like, I saw that. And I was like, oh my God, John, the muscle loss is freaking shit right there. Um, but yeah, I, it, it was like objectively not, not good to watch Golden State's adjustment, but if we are just, you know, these are two teams that we don't care about or whatever, no rooting interest. You know, we would be like, wow, great job, Steve Kerr, making those adjustments, really taking Anthony Davis out of the game defensively in the painted area. Uh, just a like masterful job, right, of how to do that. And I'm so excited to see what things are going to look like in the next game because, I mean, they were successful at it. So offensively, you would think that their game plan will remain the same in a lot of ways. So then, yeah, we'll, we'll see how we adjust kind of our coverages. Um but I, I think that what stood out the most to me, aside from Lonnie Walker um, playing so well, was Austin Reeves somehow injecting life into his body. I think that mm-hmm. people have made a really big deal about how tired his legs are. And you could attribute that to so many things. A lot of people have brought up like, oh, this is you know the most games that he's played in the season in his entire basketball career and things like that. And I, I think that that does deserve uh, some of the kind of blame pie, I suppose. But also he is running around chasing clay on the perimeter all game he's expected to defend him well 
and then we are putting the pressure on him to produce offensively. And uh, any player in the league, let alone second-year dude who hasn't played this many games, is going to be exhausted from that. So if we're fortunate enough to advance to the third round, uh, it'll be interesting to see how Austin adapts if the fatigue will sort of subside and he might Mm -hmm. actually kind of get a second wind. Um, But even then, he like had such a gutsy performance yesterday and really bounced back. Um, and, and then credit to Darvin, you know, for continuing to play him minutes um, and have faith in him to get it done. And I, I guess it, it's more big picture, but the fact that Darvin, like, didn't lose faith in Lonnie and didn't kind of lose him as a player um, in terms of productivity. And they have, uh, clearly, they have a good relationship, right, where they trust each other and he can put him in this type of uh, pressure situation despite how things have kind of unfolded uh, to no fault of Lonnie Walker's own. Um, So yeah, credit to both of them for um, just being professional, I guess. Um, I don't know if every coach, you know, would be able to manage that situation. And that's not to take away from walk from Lonnie Walker being professional, but I think you got to give Darvin a lot of credit too. Oh, yeah, you got to give him credit for holding up the chemistry of this team in such a tumultuous season with so many guys in and out and so many different motivations from several other players who are no longer on this team. And, you know, it's a testament to Darvin Hammond, also testament to the culture of the locker room and just the immaculate vibes, right? Um, Quickly on Austin Reeves, you're right. I mean, it's been a struggle bust for Reeves up until this point. The last few games, it was clear that he was wearing down. He had a shaky first half to this game as well, right? And prior to tonight's game, Austin had dropped. His percentages had dropped to 41% from the field, 33% from three, when in the regular season, he was shooting 53%, 40% from three, 86% from the free throw line, right? And then the last four games, he had scored 10, 7, 11, 10, And for him to bounce back and hit these huge momentum-shifting shots last night and 21 points, 4 assists, 7 of 15 from the field, 3 huge threes. Yeah, he really brought the team back when they were faltering in the 3rd and then again in the 4th. He had a really tough, like, pull-up mid-range J. I forgot if it was on Clay or Dante in the 4th, but that was sick. And yeah, he hit all those huge threes all while chasing around these Golden State moving screens on Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Moses Moody, etc. So huge props to Austin Reeves for rebounding in such a huge way. He is still him. All right, let's take it to break. When we return, let's talk about Lonnie Walker some more. Let's talk about Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and then just close our thoughts on, um, yeah, game four out and what this series may look like moving forward. So we will catch you guys after the break. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, so we are back. Some other things that kind of caught my eye that I enjoyed from last night was LeBron James calling out the hammer play at the end there. (laughs) Named after Darvin Ham, of course. You could see LeBron James telling Anthony Davis to go to the baseline, um, and they totally snuffed that play out and got the steal. 
I loved seeing D'Angelo Russell cheering his teammates on from the bench during a closing game where he didn't play the last, you know, five minutes or so. He was Lonnie Walker's biggest cheerleader on the bench. And I think just, again, a testament to the chemistry of this team. Um, So let's, let's just land on Lonnie Walker one last time because... What a reintroduction to Lonnie Walker the last two games, right? Um, 12 points, four rebounds, two steals, one blocked the last game on four of six shooting, but that didn't really even tell the tale of Lonnie Walker's sort of defensive intensity, um, bodying up guys like Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins sometimes, chasing around Steph on the, all these screens. Um, and then last night, all 15 points in the fourth quarter, 15 points, three rebounds, two steals, six of nine from the field. His athleticism, his intensity on both ends, him being fresh and leveraging his physicality to chase around these Golden State guards and body guys like Clay Thompson up when length and height weren't working, in Austin Reeves' case, um, it felt like we got the Lonnie Walker of the first half of the season locked in. You know what I mean? In terms of defensively, he was locked in, and he's also hitting his three-point shot. Um, But yeah, that jump-shooting display he put on in the fourth was honestly... I don't know, very Kobe-esque. It was like mm-hmm. D'Lo-esque when D'Lo was going supernova. Um, and you know who Lonnie Walker reminded me of last night if I'm taking it back to one of LeBron Kareem James' Rush. teammates? Not Kareem Rush. I'm talking about a former LeBron James teammate. Matthew Delvadova. <laughs> no. So, <laughs> Lonnie Walker... No. <laughs> so, last night, Lonnie Walker reminded me of LeBron's J.R. Smith, the good version. JR, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not the bad one that's uh, making LeBron James scratch his head. But yeah, that felt very J.R. Smith-like in terms of just the high degree of difficulty on those jump shots that Lonnie Walker was hitting. And Steph Curry actually, actually played pretty good defense on some of them, you know? Yeah. Lonnie Walker just did a hell of a lot better offensively. So, Credit to Lonnie Walker staying patient, staying ready, and having the mental fortitude to withstand a, you know, a rotation demotion and not... And it wasn't because he was playing poorly, although kind of the case, but it was really the infusion of talent that bumped Lonnie Walker down. And yeah, he stayed ready through this entire time and didn't pout about it like another guard on the other team, uh, Jordan Poole. Uh, So yeah, you know, Lonnie Walker, he's worth the MLE this year for that game alone. Um, even if it's just for one year, what a time for Lonnie Walker. And yeah, I have already signed my apology form digitally and physically for Lonnie Walker. So any last thoughts on Lonnie Walker? Not really. I mean, I think that we were all pretty excited about him, at least speaking for myself. I was very uh, intrigued by him when he first got to this team after hearing him speak. Um, he's like an extremely composed, mature, thoughtful um, insightful person. And I just remember media day, I was like, dang, I didn't know anything about this guy, but I just like his personality. And I wanted to like root for him, you know, to be successful just on that front. And you can see how that seems like, you know, really strong integrity is coming through in a moment like this. And even in the interviews that he had post game yesterday, uh, there's just like so much humility on his part, but also, like the healthiest kind of chip on your shoulder (laughs) that you could imagine. Mm. So yeah, dude, just super happy for him. Like as a person, you could see the reaction of his teammates too. Like it was, there's like something different about how they embraced him, you know? Um, Like they really care about this guy. And uh, I I think that that's probably true of like every player on the team. Like they really care about each other, but still something, some, some other intangibles, I think at work there. Well, the Lakers don't win this game, period, without Lonnie Walker. You know, I, I was listening to several 
Warriors podcast, and they were like, if Lonnie Walker's not hitting shots, we win this game. And I oh, kind absolutely. of can't disagree with him, you know? Yeah, So definitely. huge props to Lonnie Walker. Let's talk about Anthony Davis, Alan. I haven't gotten your thoughts on Anthony Davis this entire series. Defensive juggernaut. Somehow he's outdoing what he did against the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, I, I entitled the last episode, Everything Everywhere, AD at Once. And <laughs> has a title ever been more apt to describe Anthony Davis, right? As I mentioned, Anthony Davis in this playoffs alone, 37 blocks through 10 games, 30 blocks the entire 2019-20 championship season through 21 games, and that is with a zero block night last night, Alan. The dude wants this. The dude wants to beat all allegations. He's not even on any defensive team, all NBA defensive team this year. He didn't get a single defensive player of the year vote, and yet he is single-handedly blowing up what Golden State wants to do, regardless of whether or not they've changed their scheme from game to game. Eventually, Anthony Davis figures it out, snuffs it out. And then on the offensive end, he's just being big, tall, skilled, taking their guys off the dribble, hitting fadeaway Jays, hitting his free throws. It's such a nightmare because he's kind of unlocking everything for the Lakers. And he's the one sort of, he's the one monster that, you know, the Golden State Warriors cannot solve. AD is the Hulk that the Warriors can't solve, even when they spread the Lakers out as they did last night, because Anthony Davis, lo and behold, can recover. Anthony Davis, if you switch a guard like Curry onto him, one of the most offensively potent players in NBA history, doesn't matter. Anthony Davis will take advantage of you and he will find a way to shadow you if his life depends on it. And Anthony Davis is showing that he wants it. So your thoughts on Anthony Davis? Yeah, his activity level defensively, it's, I I don't even have like a comparison. You know what I mean? Um, It's just as far as like our Laker fan experiences go. because Shaq wasn't like, he himself says like he wasn't really a shot blocker, right? He wasn't even that great of a rebounder, actually. And yet, yeah, he's like seven foot one and 400 pounds. Well, it's like Kobe in like the defensive prime Kobe in a 6'10 body. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, we can think of like perimeter players, right? Like Ron Artest slash Metal World Peace had a lot of great moments. Trevor Reza, when he was younger, had a lot of great moments. Um, we've had like shut down, lockdown defender types, but not in the frame and body and skill level of a guy like Anthony Davis. Um, I want to say it was TNT that was kind of comparing him. Some post game show was comparing him to, uh, to Hakeem. And mm. I think Hakeem was like a little bit before our time. Like we kind of caught the glimpse, uh, a glimpse of the end of his career, but we didn't know anything when we were like six and seven years old. Um, so yeah, I want to go back nerd out and watch some Hakeem Olajuwon like defensive highlights. Cause you pretty much just think about like the dream shake with him and his offensive game. Um, but yeah, maybe that's something, but. Well, AD utilizes kind of like Hakeem AD utilizes the pristine footwork on both ends of the floor, right? <laughs> Yeah, definitely. That's a really good point. Yeah, he might get beat. His body might be twisted. He's out of position, but you're right. On defensive end, if he pivots one way or the other, he can like block a guy's shot with the wrong hand using the back of his hand and whatever. So um, just very crafty, um, super skilled. And even if he's not blocking shots, right? Like he's coming up with a lot of deflections. Like I haven't looked up the statistics, um, like the advanced stuff on NBA.com as far as deflections go, but. He's getting his hand in the passing lanes. Um, he's like anticipating what the offense is going to do, getting in the way, mucking things up. And um, yeah, he's using all the tools that he's got in his bag right now. So I don't know if I've been this excited about like defense with the player. Like 
Mm. My excitement for him defensively feels like getting excited about a dude who's an offensive juggernaut. Like, oh, what's he going to do this time? You know, yeah, um, that's pretty freaking fun. That's what I was thinking about the other day. I was like, mm. our team actually has an identity right now. Like, you could describe it very succinctly, like who this team is and what they're about. And we haven't had that pleasure in quite a long time. It's just been, I have no idea what this entire organization is doing right now. So that, that feels really good too. Yeah, since the 2019 championship season, pretty much. Yep. Um, let's talk about LeBron James. This is a different version of LeBron James. I'm not going to say this is the version we're going to see next year because he is dealing with a foot that needs foot surgery. But he's battling through it and finding a way, kind of like game four where he had that 2020 game uh, against the Memphis Grizzlies. You can tell LeBron James has still got the savant smarts snuffing out the opposing team's plays. He's still got the IQ to orchestrate and direct his team on both ends. Also, he's just, these days, knowing when to defer to his skilled guards and AD in the fourth. That three-point shot may never come back. LeBron is shooting the worst he's ever shot from three since 2014-15 in the playoffs when he shot 22.7%. He's shooting 22.9% from three this year, but he's also taking the most threes he's ever taken as well, attempting seven, so it's not great. But when LeBron James is in the post, when he's in transition, when he senses the moment is slipping, he knows how to lock back into, you know what, I've only got a few bullets in this chamber left to fire. Now's the time to use it. And that's when he'll barrel through guys and try and get that and one layup or whatever. But yeah, what have your thoughts been on LeBron James? It's kind of been a, I don't know. I, I want to say a sobering version of LeBron James, but when you need him to step up, he has stepped up and seemingly known when to defer at the right times as well for his teammates. Yeah, definitely. Um, Sobering is a pretty good word, um, but it's like his foot is effed up. <laughs> so it's not like, oh, man, this guy's just like getting old or whatever. It's nah, man, his his foot is uh, in pretty bad shape at this point. So doesn't worry. Yeah, no, it does make me feel that type of way, but it just shows how smart he is. And yesterday, you know, he posted up Clay a bunch of times, and that was really good to see. Um, I think that the fact that his three-point shot actually dropped a couple of times yesterday, too. Again, not saying that all of a sudden he's going to somehow, whatever the term is for statistics, reverse regress away to the mean. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen, but it was encouraging to see him knock down some shots. And like you said earlier, playing some point guard, LeBron again, definitely affected. It's so weird to think like, oh, wow, LeBron's playing point guard right now. That's nice to see. <laughs> like, his whole career, like, he's been the guy, right, running point. So um, it's such a, like, chess game, and I know that's a super overplayed kind of uh, metaphor, but this series, man, just overall, um, everyone, I feel like, has to be so locked in and engaged. It feels like it's the NBA Finals, mm-hmm. and... um. I, I think in a very different way, like LeBron, not the conventional kind of thought, but LeBron's been very clutch in finding, yeah, just ways to be effective. So uh, definitely an, an evolution there. Well, it's like we're seeing LeBron James sort of LeBron's metamorphosis throughout this playoff series throughout this season. And it is kind of cool. And I guess another reminder of just how, versatile and adaptable LeBron James is as a player and how he has so much in his bag that he can literally turn himself into 
any type of player you need in the moment, whether it's tertiary player, off-ball cutter, you know, clutch shooting guy at the end of the uh, of the games, rebounder. You know, it's just kind of amazing to think about, even in LeBron James' debilitated state, that he is literally almost like Ditto from Pokemon, right? He's like transforming into whatever you need him to be, even though it's not, he's not elite in any one thing right now, you know? But what he is elite at is being a leader and the captain of this team, right? And riding this ship. So, I mean, even still, LeBron James is, yeah, what, what a historic job he's done at 38. And it's been fun to just watch him go at it with Curry, 35-year-old Curry as well. I mean, last question for you, Alan, as we head into... A, a closeout game. And I was going to say potential closeout game, but yeah, it's a closeout game for the Lakers. Um, game five. Is that right? Am I doing my math right? Yeah. Potential closeout game, game five. Has, has this series lived up to the billing? I know it's three, one. It doesn't feel like three, one because I've been on the edge of my seat every game. And I know two of them have been blowouts, but Jesus Christ, like I, I've never been more stressed in my life. Has your confidence level fluctuated or not fluctuated and stayed constant? Like, do you still have this going seven or you think now that we've got this momentum, we'll close it out in six or maybe close it out in five? I don't know. What are your thoughts? Um, if anything, my confidence has increased big time. I was texting that particular friend who might have spoiled the game last night a little bit for me unintentionally. Um, like, I don't want to say it out loud, right? But it's like, it feels really good to watch this team. And you just catch those waves, right, from moment to moment of like, oh man, this feels really nice and and kind of kind of special. Um, so yeah, I, I think that I'm encouraged um, as far as five or six. So I don't think it's gonna go seven. I really don't. Um, I'm gonna keep holding the like. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if we lost the next one, and you know, kind of like a Memphis sort of thing, but. I don't know, like maybe they actually learned their lesson from the last series. And I mean, we're going on the road, so it's going to be tough. But um, this team freaking needs as much rest as it can get. We need Mm -hmm. Denver and Phoenix to go seven. Um, That would be freaking huge for us. So let's hope that they really um, they really assert themselves from the get go and don't let up. But it's been a slugfest, you know, so we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I'm viewing Game 5 as, you know, one of those quote-unquote schedule losses just because the Warriors will not go down without a fight. They're essentially trying to preserve their championship legacy here, right? This may be the last time we see this core of Clay, Steph, and Dre together, and maybe even Steve Kerr, you know, with the way that championship coaches are in the NBA are falling left and right. And I think they're going to give it everything that they've got. Now, Alan, if the Lakers do find a way to close it out tomorrow— then shit, there is no ceiling to what this team can accomplish, and I'm going to label them the champions this season if they somehow close it out tomorrow, but we'll see. Because then they're truly more locked in than we had ever thought, you know? Uh, That would be a pleasant surprise, but I do think we'll probably come home in Game 6, and hopefully we'll follow the same script that we did against the Memphis Grizzlies and have a comfortable win in Game 6, but knowing Curry, maybe that won't be the case. I just don't think we want to be going back to Chase center and the bay twice but yeah let's close this out in game five everybody uh with that said we will catch you guys next time what a time it has been to be a lakers fan and yeah it's crazy alan that a 2 and 10 team is on this trajectory and can actually make some noise and do something historic it's it's wild but credit to everybody involved you know all right with that said alan i will catch you later all right bro see ya peace
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.